In fact, write down the title. It's called How to Protect God's Word. Because let's say you're devoted to it, but you don't know how to protect it. You could be devoted to something that you can lose. Now, ain't nothing worse than being passionate about something that you lose down the line. Your business, a marriage. You you lose an opportunity. So I don't want you just to be devoted. I got to teach you how to protect God's word in your heart. This is what Jesus taught here in Mark chapter 4. Look in verse 14. He says, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word of God. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, verse 16, others like seed sown on rocky places, they hear hear the word at once and receive it with joy. That's like Zoe people right there. But since they have no root in them, they last only a short while. And when trouble or persecution or COVID-19 comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 18, still others like seeds sown among thorns. Those are Clipper fans. They hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and choke the word of God, making it unfruitful. Verse 20, last one. Others like seed among good soil. Hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown in their life. Come on, somebody clap. Somebody put something in the chat that shows your excitement. Anybody want to grow because of God's word being in your heart? So listen, I want to break down to you how important this is because you need to understand not just that you have to be devoted to his word, but you need, you need to be devoted to protecting his word. So let's just break down the story. The first thing that he taught us was the immediate. He said, when this goes forward, when you're on this service, streaming in, when you're part of Zoe family, if you're listening to the podcast right now, immediately when the word goes forward, I'll write down point number one today. Immediately protect or it will get immediately stolen. He says, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. See, see, the enemy knows that if this word gets into your heart, if it gets implanted in you, that the word of God's going to, listen, the word of God works. And and the enemy knows if this word gets in you, it's going to start moving and speaking and changing and real anybody thankful that his word has power the word of the lord is alive and active the enemy knows this so as the moment it drops in your heart is the moment he comes to take it away he says if this thing gets implanted if this gets embedded if this seed gets embedded into this heart oh it's going to start to work God's word always works. So I got to immediately take it away. See, you've got to put a guard around your heart. You got to protect the word of God. Don't let this thing get stolen. Anything worth value is worth hiding. Anything worth value is worth protecting. Remember growing up, did everybody keep all their valuables in the top drawer? Like all my love letters, all my important stuff, that always was in my sock drawer. I even, to this day, 
I have in my top drawer. That's where I keep my watches and necklaces and all this. Because my three-year-old, if I keep it by my bedside, he's going to wear all of it. He's going to lose all of it. So I even to this day, I put it in my top. We have, even in our house, we, we have a vault where we keep valuables. See, because anything worth value is worth protecting. So if you are devoted to his word, you have to learn how to protect his word. See, we don't know. I don't know everything that the enemy's up to in your life. I can't describe all of the tactics and the ploys and the strategies of hell. I cannot break that down. But one thing I do know is the moment you hear the word, that joker's coming to steal the word. And so, listen, I don't know if you need a ring app, an ADT, a nest. I don't know what you need to set up to make sure I'm not letting the wicked one come and steal the valuable, the thing that brings me hope and healing, the thing that brings me faith, the thing that brings me wisdom, the thing that brings me legacy, the thing that is a lamp to my feet. I'm not letting that thing get stolen. Because I know I'm not that smart. I'm not that talented. I need something that's greater than me inside of me. I need the living, breathing word of God in me. And so that the enemy knows it, and I do too. God knows it, and I do too. So God sent his word to my life. He sent his word to help me and restore me and revive me and deliver me. And if this thing gets in me, whew, it's game over. But if it never has a chance... See, some of us have to understand, how come I've been in church my whole life and I can't remember messages? I can't remember what that word preached. I can't remember what God spoke. It's because the moment it went forth was the moment it was stolen. No, you got to do not let that thing get stolen. Anything worth value is worth protecting. And so I pray as a church, we don't just get devoted to his word. We get committed to protecting the power of the word of God. Oh, I love this next one he says. And write down number two. The next thing he says is no chokers. Now, that's not just a fashion statement today, okay? No chokers. It's not just for, you know, people to hear it's 2021, no chokers. He actually talks about things that choke the word of God. Watch what he says here. I love this in, in, in Mark 4.18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word. And the word becomes unfruitful. See, so you need to be very careful because some of us, we can get the word in us and you're like, no, no, I'm never going to let it get stolen. So the word's in me. But you got to be careful because if you're not really aware, something's going to come in and it's going to strangle. It's going to choke. It's going to prohibit the word of God from doing its work. The other day we were at the park and we were having so much fun with the boys. I had, I had the boys at the park. Julie's at home with Georgia. And we're at their plane at the park. And at the certain park we were at, they have a perfect King of the Hill mound. So my three boys are out there. They're playing King of the Hill. Another boy jumps in and they're having fun. There's four of them. And then this girl jumps in. Well, my Winston, he's wild. My, my, my now eight-year-old, he's wild. So the girl starts playing King of the Hill and my eight-year-old boy starts pushing this girl. Maybe she's seven or eight. He starts pushing her like she's one of the boys. So I said to my eight-year-old, I said, you're a man of God. Don't you dare push that little girl. 
So you push your brothers all you want, but maybe this boy, if his mom says yes, but not that you can't push this girl. So anybody that's charging this hill, my son, he's protective. He's the oldest boy. He's protected by nature. He's just shoving everybody off. See, I think you got to understand there's idols trying to get in your life. There's things trying to get onto the mountain of your heart. There's, there's things that want to take throne and residency in you. And you've got to have the power to protect God's word. To say, I'm not letting anything come in that will choke the word of God. Come on in the chat right now. Just tell the Lord, I'm not losing the power of God's word. Did you notice what usually strangles God's word? It's the, the commonality. He says, the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. See, riches are deceitful. They'll make you feel powerful and important. But the only problem is you can't take your bank account to heaven. So he says, the cares for this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and well, let's just be honest. These are the words of Jesus. The desire for, I don't know, like, you know, just other things. Where I used to desire the word of God, but now it's like, you know, I really want this. And I really want that. And you know what would be really fun is what if we did, and all of a sudden I start letting this idol take place where God's word was. He said, this thing will come in. This idol will enter into your life. And all of a sudden, before you know it, what was once vibrant and what was once your first love now gets choked and it becomes unfruitful. So you have the power and the potential to make the word of God either fruitful or unfruitful in your life. It's not up to the enemy. It's not up to God. It's up to you and your stewardship of being devoted to his word. It's not just about reading these pages in the morning or following a read through. It's about saying, no, no, no. I will keep God. Number one, I will live a God first life. The things of this world will not compare to the things of God for me. I will live zealous. I love the last book of the Bible. If you never read the last book of the Bible, you got to get some Armageddon in your life. This last, this last book of the Bible, be you reading it, be like, yo, this is crack, crack. But one of the things I love is in the beginning, Jesus starts talking to the churches. And he's like, yo, I love this church. You guys are awesome, but you're missing this. Yo, this church is mad cool, but you're missing this. This church right here, I recognize you got great worship songs, but you're missing this. And then he says this about one church. He says, you are now lukewarm. He said, you're not even cold or against me. It's not that you hate me. It's that you lost your passion for me. You ever see a marriage grow cold? A friendship go dark? See, your relationship with God could do the same. And there's all these things trying to charge your heel, saying business, success, fame, future. They want to be the king of your heel. No, no, no. Don't let that thing get on top because it will choke out the power and the potential of God's word. Come on, clap today if you're excited. Ain't, I'm going to be like Winston. You're not charging this hill. Oh, here's the third example he gives. Oh, I love this one. Write down number three. Instead of getting shaken, try getting stirred. This one, yeah, I love, listen to Jesus, Mark 4, 16. Let's read it from the message translation this time. And some are like the seed that lands in the gravel. When they first hear the word of God, they respond with great enthusiasm. But there is such shallow soil of character that when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. So he's, he's talking about when circumstance, 
when trial or tribulation, when hardship, have you ever gone through a hard season? Have you ever cried yourself to sleep? Have you ever been angry or disappointed? Someone sent me a message this last week, and they asked me, they said, Pastor Chad, how do you personally deal with disappointment? I thought, what a great question. We've all been dealt setbacks, disappointments. We've all gone through delays in life. When hardship comes, how do you handle it? I want to encourage you. Don't get shaken. You got to get stirred. See, we live in a culture that's like, yo, that rattled me. Or, or, or our culture says things like this. Yo, I'm shook. That shook me. COVID, COVID shook me. I got rattled by this situation. No, no, no. That's fear. We've been talking about this as a church. We choose faith over fear. Fear says I'm rattled. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared. It's October. It's Halloween. It's spooky season. I'm shaken. No, no, no. You don't got to get shaken. You got to get stirred. You got to use what you're going through. Listen, faith is best used stirred up. And without it getting stirred, it's really not that useful. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy. Put it on the screen. Oh, I love this scripture. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1.16. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. It's in you through the laying on of my hands. It's in you. Faith is in you. Hope is in you. Wisdom is in you. Peace is in there. Joy is in you. Compassion is in you. Love is in you. Grace is in you. Faithfulness is in you. Self-control, all that's in you. You got to stir up your faith. You can't be in a lion's den being like, I'm shook. No, no, no. You got to be like, I'm going to stir up my faith and believe that God can do the impossible. You can't be against a Goliath and be like, yo, that, that, that's massive. Whoa, I'm shook. No, no, no. You got to stir up your faith to say, I know that God is with me. Whatever you're going through, stop getting so shook. Start getting so stirred. I stir up my belief. I stir up my confidence. I stir up my trust. I know you are awesome. I know you are big. I know you are great. Oh, Lord God, nothing is too difficult for you. Come on. Come on. Right there in your chat. Just put in there. I'm stirred up today. You ever hear the word go forward? You're like, feeling that? I'm stirred up. Because when you get the Bible in you, you don't get shook. You get stirred. And you read all these stories and you read all these truths and you read all these promises and all these principles and you read all these scriptures and the Bible will stir you up. It won't shake you up. See, you read the media, you get shook. You read the Bible, you get stirred. You listen to what they say, I'm shook. You listen to what God says, I'm stirred. You're going to the wrong source. Stop going to things that shake you up. Start going to things that stir you up. You need more faith, more trust, more confidence. Come on, clap today right now. I love, I love this series. I love this next year. We're going to be devoted to his word. See, I've gone through things in life like you have. See, I, I, I believe this about you. You're a miracle walking. The fact that you are in church today, come on, Zoe family. Some of you are watching and nobody else knows that you're watching because you're not even, oh, you're not even sure yet. Do they really believe how serious I am about God? You're a miracle walking. And there have been things that you've gone through that shook you up. 
but you've come to a house. But more importantly, you've come to a God that wants to stir you up. No matter what you're going through today, come on, you want to say it. If God be for me, who can be against me? You ought to stir up your faith. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength and the stronghold of my life. Oh, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I know a God that will raise a standard against them. Oh, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Come on, somebody get stirred up today and believe in signs and wonders and miracles. And the uh, come on, oh Lord God, nothing is too difficult for you. But when I get my eyes on my situation and in the circumstance and in the natural and in the results and in the doctor and and I get shook. Are you tired of living a life where every circumstance just sways you and makes you lose a week, a month, or a year of your life? Some of you are so easily rattled. And Jesus says it's because of the lack the lack of depth of character. See, reading God's word builds character. Reading God's word builds a backbone to say, you could throw me into a fiery furnace. <laughs> you can come against me with 400 false prophets. <laughs> you, can, you can accuse me even in the midst of adversity. Aren't you one of them Jesus people? Well, didn't, I, didn't I see you as always? Did, don't you wear the hat and the hoodie? It builds character. So that when I go through, listen, I said it last Sunday, but hear me say it again. God did not promise any of us a safe journey. He only promised a safe arrival. When we arrive there in the streets of gold, when we arrive there at the banqueting table, when we arrive there, when there is no more sickness or sorrow, oh, praise be to God. But on this earth, Jesus said there will be trial and tribulation. He said, but fear not, for I, Jesus, have overcome the world. The one that defeated death, sin, and the grave is on your side. And so I'm not going to get shook. I'm about to get stirred. I wonder what your life would look like. You start getting stirred up. We're devoted to his word, not so that we can do a, ba- a, a daily Bible reading plan. We're devoted to his word so I can live my life every day a little stirred up. What's God about to do today? What's God about to open? What, what, what door? What opportunity? I'm looking for an opportunity to be a conduit, to be a comfort, to be an ambassador. Oh, I'm stirred up to be used by God. I'm stirred up to be a, a vessel, useful for the master. Come on, if you're stirred up today, right there in your kitchen, right there in your house, come on, just give a clap and an applaud to Jesus. I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. Look, write down the next one, because here's what it's all about. We're going to go to verse 20, but before we get there, look, write this down. It's all about the heart. It all goes back to the condition of your heart. I'm going to read the verse, but let me, just, let me just preface this. So he gives all these, he goes, he said, this is a story about a farmer that sows the word. And the word, when it goes forward, when that seed goes forward, there's a bird called the wicked one that comes to snatch that thing away. Before, as soon as it hits the dirt, he's trying to take it away. He said, but be careful. If it does land, there, there's going to be stuff that choke that seed. Or, or, or even worse, there's going, to be, there's going to be some things that because of the, there's not character that's going to mess with that seed. He said, but oh my. 
my gosh, to the one that has a good soil. Let's, let's replace the word soil with heart. To the one that has a good heart. Oh, I'm thankful today. I, I feel like I'm preaching to some people that like my heart used to be cluttered and my heart used to be cloudy and my heart used to be critical. But praise be to God that washed my heart and restored my heart and gave me a, come on, anybody thankful today? He took that old heart and he gave you a new one. That's why Psalm 51 verse 10, David said his heart was bruised. His heart was battered. His heart was in a million pieces. This is a man that had committed murder and an affair. Have you ever done some stuff that you regret? Have you ever participated in some stuff that you're embarrassed of? Oh, David was, he felt embarrassed. He felt ashamed. He felt terrible about himself. He felt low. He was in the dumps, but he came to God and he says to God in Psalm 51 10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Oh, I love the Hebrew word create. It's a, it's a Hebrew word called bara. It's where we use in the book of Genesis where God created the heavens of the earth. He created something out of nothing. See, God doesn't just work on your old battered heart. No, he gives you a new heart today. He gives you a brand new Genesis, a brand new motive, a brand new excitement. Come on, clap today. I feel like God's about to give some, you get a new heart, you get a new heart, you get a new heart, you get a new heart. Created me a clean heart. Proverbs says, Proverbs 4.23, put it on the screen. Above all else, guard your heart. For out of this thing flow all the issues of life. Translation, you can't live a great life with a bad heart. If your heart goes bad, your whole life goes bad. So God is saying in verse 20 here, it's all about the heart. It's not about the seed. The seed has no power to work unless it's in the right soil. So the, word, the seed could do crazy stuff. The seed could, oh, the, what the seed could do, what the word can do, what, what being devoted to his word would do. But if it's not in the right spot, if it doesn't have the right environment, if it doesn't have the right heart, if it doesn't have the right home, if it doesn't have the right marriage, if it doesn't have the right place, if it doesn't land right, if it's stolen away, no, no, it'll never work. If it's choked out, it'll never get fruitful. If, if it's too shallow, it's not going to work. But if it lands in a good spot, See, God today is not concerned with your religion. He's after your heart. Because God knows if he gets your heart, he gets all of you. Your heart is the main thing. Your heart is the central thing. It's this heart that gets bruised and, and hurt by our own decisions and by criticism and by relationships. And, 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 and how do I get my heart soft? How do I get my heart right? It's only by coming to Jesus. Jesus walks into a church. He grabs a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He, he reads these words. He says, the spirit of God is on me because he's anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. All of us have brokenness. All of us have heart pain. All of us have issues of the heart. The only thing that will heal your heart is not a substance. It is not a trip. It is not another human. The only thing that will heal your heart is the power of Jesus Christ. Come on, clap if you're thankful for the power of Jesus today. Verse 20, watch what he says here. And, and Drew, you can come join me. Mark 4, verse 20. But the seed planted in the good earth represents those who hear the word. They embrace the word and they produce a harvest. 
beyond their wildest dreams. Those that receive the word in a good heart and the word finally lands in a good place. The New King James Version, the one I grew up memorizing, said it this way, the word will produce a harvest of some 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. But I like the way the message said it better. The word of God, when it lands in a good heart, will do something in you beyond your wildest dreams. Like, let's just be honest. Not in your wildest dreams did you think you'd be a Jesus person. Not in your wildest dreams did you think you'd serve God. Not in your wildest dreams did you invent or conjure up the great life that you're living. You didn't get this far in your prayer life. You didn't get this far in your dreams. It's the power of God's Word. And when God's Word gets into the right heart, it starts working and changing. I have seen God's Word take the worst person and turn them into the best. I've seen him take the hardest heart and turn him into a softy because it's the power and the authority of his word. What God's word could do in your life this next year is crazy. But it could do nothing if it's stolen away immediately. It could do nothing with all these idols charging the hill. God's word gets maybe a day of the week up here. dun 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 Six days a week, it's down below. God's word can do nothing in your life. You're like, I'm shook, I'm stirred, I'm shook. What's it going to be? We're going to trust God or are we not? But if God's word finds good soil, good soil where Jesus comes in and he heals you and he loves you and he says, I accept you, I approve of you. You, you, Listen, before you believed in me, I believed in you. You belong before you believe and I will help you become the person you're called to become. Let my word go forward. Let my word land well. Let my word spring up in you. Let my word have activity. Let my word be fruitful. Come on, if it lands a good soil, it would do in you beyond your wildest dreams. You'll be become a faithful husband. You'll become a great person. You'll become who you've called to become. You'll shake the earth with the good news of Jesus. Come on, you'll raise a family. You'll build a legacy. You'll you'll accomplish the dreams in your heart. Everything that's in here will come to pass because of the grace and the power and the authority of his word. Come on, clap and thank God together. It's all the authority of his word just believing for somebody today that you, I don't know how you found this stream. I don't know if you found it on social media or YouTube. I don't know how you're here on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but God wants to say, I will do exceedingly, abundantly, far above anything you could ask, think, or imagine. All you have to do is receive my love, receive my promises, receive my unconditional love, receive my approval, receive my word. And out of that, God will start to work. God will start to move and God will start to change. Lord, we thank you today that we're not just devoted to your word. We thank you today that we'll protect.